be attentive. The Lord will give strength to his people. Bring to the Lord, O sons of God, bring to the Lord honor and glory. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Let us be attentive. Brethren, when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore to himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently endured, obtained the promise. Men indeed swear by greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he interposed with an oath, so that two changeable things, so that through two changeable things, in which it is impossible that God should prove false, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner shrine behind the curtain. Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Peace be to you, the Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Mark. Let us be attentive. Jesus kneeling and saying, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a dumb spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it dashes him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, 
how long has he had this? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You dumb and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. They went on from there and passed through Galilee, and he would not have anyone know it. For he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man will be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. Peace be to you who has proclaimed the good news of our Good morning. Uh, it's wonderful to see you here this morning. We're very blessed to welcome uh, Bishop Neofitos of Miri and Mount Kenya in Kenya, Africa. He's under the ancient patriarchate of Alexandria and all of Africa. His diocese, however, has been in existence for one year, if I'm not mistaken, Your Grace. So Father Jason and I know His Grace for, for many years. We've been with him both at, at seminary, in other uh, Contexts such as camps, and really, it's really a joy to be. How long have you been in the country so far this time around, Your Grace? Three weeks. Three weeks. And so it's wonderful we were able to bring him to the Twin Cities to be with us for about a week here and visiting under other respective parishes around the Twin Cities. Even this afternoon at four o'clock, he will be with us for the Pan Orthodox Vespers at St. Elizabeth's Orthodox Church, also offering a few words for the faithful. So we wish his grace well. You are in our, our prayers and in our thoughts and anything we can do to assist you as you begin a diocese from, from nothing, from scratch. It's really a joy to hear about your work and may God bless you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. 
I greet you all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good morning. Good morning. It is a great joy for me this morning to join you as we give thanks to God for all the blessings, for the gift of life, for the health that we do have, but above all, for the gift of faith that Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, gave to all of us. This gift of faith, the gift of the Orthodox faith, is indeed a universal faith, whereby despite the fact that I come all the way from the continent of Africa, or somebody may come all the way from Greece, from America. As an Orthodox Christian, we all know that we all come together in the altar of sacrifice as we proclaim knowing that our church is indeed one holy Catholic and apostolic. And since we are one church that is holy, that is Catholic, that is apostolic. It is an indication or a reminder for all of us to know that we are not alone. You are not alone on this journey. I am not alone on this journey. We carry others with us as we follow our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is why on this Sunday, our church brings into our, our attention the ladder of St. John Climacus. Just after last week, when we were venerating the Holy Cross, the cross of hope, the cross of love, the cross of, the cross of joy, the cross of defeat. And indeed, as we venerated the cross of victory last week, so today we are here and we are being reminded that we are on a journey. Because when you see the divine Ascent of St. John Climacus, you can see in that icon that each and every one of us is on a journey towards the kingdom. But we are also shown that this journey is not smooth all the way. There are things that distract us and pull us down that we may not come to be united together on the cross with Christ our Lord and Savior that if you look very well on that cross, you will see that the demons are also on our side. There are those who pull us down. There are those who pull us off the way of salvation. And indeed, we heard it from the gospel of today. When that man cried to Jesus Christ and told Christ, my son is possessed with a demon and throws him down, and then he goes to say, I have spoken 
to your disciples. In other words, I have actually presented this problem to your people, but they have not helped me. And Jesus said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? The fathers of the desert fathers, I mean, speak so well about the demons that are in our hearts, in our minds. They don't speak about this monster demon that you may see him walking outside on the streets. You may not see this giant demon that, you know, we may imagine that a demon is something that is so big, a monster or something like that. But the desert fathers, the spiritual fathers says, the demons that really bring us down on our spiritual journey are the things that we experience in our everyday today life. Stress, depression, isolation, sin, and many other things. And that is why we hear in the gospel about the deaf and the dumb spirit. And the church father says that the dumb spirit is that one that makes you to be silent, not to say anything. And the deaf spirit is that one that makes you not to listen. And when I was reading that, I was looking at what is really happening in the world today that we are not talking about the things that affect us to Christ. People nowadays are dying from the inside. People are sick in their hearts because they are not opening their mouths. They are silent to themselves. You go to families today, if you look at what is happening in families today, many families break today because they are not talking. The demon of silence has really captivated them that they cannot talk about the problems that they are experiencing because problems makes up the family, but they cannot actually hold it hostage the life of the family, whereby you find the husband in the house, the father of the children does not talk to his children, does not talk to his wife, the demon of silence, whereby the wife, the mother of the children does not talk to her husband, does not talk to her children, the demon of silence, whereby even when you are sick, and you need to confess your sins. You don't go even to your spiritual father for confession. You remain, and I like the way they put it in the gospel, you remain dumb. This word is what we usually actually use even our everyday, day-to-day life. There are mothers who call their children dumb children. There are fathers who call their children, you dumb child. Really? 
He is, she is your child. But again, this dumb spirit of silence is killing families, is killing those who are helpless. Because when we speak, our Lord Jesus Christ hears our voice. When we cry unto him, he listens to us. When we cry unto him, he hears our prayers. How many of us cry to our Lord Jesus Christ when we are in need? Instead, we look into ourselves and we say, I can do this. There are things that you cannot do that can only be done by Christ. And Christ can do this when you don't keep silent. There are those who rely on us. Our children depend on us, and we need to talk to them to build up a relationship. In our place of work, those who work for us in our companies, they need us to talk to them to establish a relationship. In the church, we need to speak to one another so that we can establish a relationship because we are not alone on this journey. We are going together because we are a church. The other spirit is the deaf spirit, the demon whereby we don't want to listen. And nowadays, every family, every parent is crying that my child does not listen to me or my husband does not listen to me, my wife does not listen to me. Father George, Father Jason does not listen to me. Bishop Neophytos does not listen to me. This deaf spirit destroys the fabric of spirituality in the church, in the families, in the whole world. We need to open our ears to listen to the voice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to listen what he tells us so that we don't close him outside, but we bring him into our lives to dwell in our hearts. And when Christ lives in us, we also live in him. When Christ lives in us, our children will also live in him. Our families will live in him. Our church will live in him. So we are on a journey. We are on a journey, but... There are things that will obstruct us on the way. There are things that will make us deviate from the way. And today we are being told to be alert, to be aware. And of course we see that in today's feast as we celebrate the ladder of St. John Climacus, telling us we are climbing up, but there are those who will bring us down. But Christ Jesus says, do not give up. Don't be silent. Don't be deaf. Open your ears, open your eyes, see and listen and cry unto him. Like this man who cried to Jesus Christ, help me. We don't want when Jesus will look upon us, will say, oh faithless generation, why did I go to the cross for you? 
Oh, faithless generation, why did I give my life for you? We want when Jesus Christ will come, will say, come unto me, who kept the faith, who kept the commandments, who preserved the child that I built for you, that I established for you. Jesus says, all this can only happen by prayer and fasting. And yes, we are in great length. This is the fourth week of great length. And we are reminded that we are still fasting. Even if we celebrated yesterday, we ate fish, we drank a little wine, we are still reminded, hey, stop the wine, stop the fish, you are still fasting. You are still praying. This can only happen when we pray and we fast. And fasting, my beloved in Christ, is not only about you. It's not about me. The fasting that Christ talks about is the act of love of God for the world. That when we fast, we think about others who don't have. That when we fast, we pray about those who don't even have a place to pray. Those who live in fear. That when we fast, we think about the blessings that God has given us and how can we share or we become, in other words, a blessing to others in this time of fasting. I like so much when I come here in America, being an African, and I go, and I usually like living with families. I don't like to be put in a hotel. I want to be part of the family. When I come, I, you know, people will say, can we put you in a hotel? I say, no, I want to stay with you in the family. And I like when families, when they ask me, you are, you are grace, what can you eat? And they open the freezer, we have bagel, we have what, we have what, we have varieties of food, until I get confused. In Africa, it is one meal. You take it or you leave it. But here, you have varieties. You are blessed to have choices. You can choose one or the other. It is a good thing, but is it a blessing unto others? I'm not saying that when I come to your house, you don't open a fridge for me. Please do so. I still need to choose. But I'm trying to share this to show you how much you are blessed here in America. And you need to be a blessing unto others. Fasting and prayer is an act of love. Remember those who are in the other ends of the world. As we express our faith, our belief as one holy, Catholic, and apostolic. That universality that we confess in our church is a great sign for all of us to know that our hands were created. One hand to help yourself and the other hand to help your brother, to help your sister. We need to do this because St. John Chrysostom says, where there is no love, put love and you will find love. Put love in your family, and you will find love. Put love in the church, 
and you will find love. Put love wherever you are and you will see that love. Let us do good for good. Let us not say an eye for an eye. The church is calling all of us to come together and to travel, work on this journey of salvation, the journey of hope, the journey of love, the journey of joy, as we continue looking forward to that great day when we shall say, Christ is risen. When I came in and I saw, and I, as, I, as I end, in Africa we preach for half an hour, so I, I'm trying to be careful not to preach for half an hour. <laughs> so as I came in, I saw Dan Christopoulos, who was in Kenya many, many years Dan, as he is still known, of course, in Africa, in Kenya, as Father Dan. When I saw him, it reminded me one special thing that he did for my chancellor. And when I was coming, he reminded me, if you ever meet with Father Dan, please tell him Father Gregory greets you with a lot of love and a lot of respect. And I asked him, how did you come to know each other? And he said, we knew each other because we were together in Nairobi. But there is something very special that he did for my family. There is something very special that he did for my presbytera. His presbytera, Martha, had miscarriage when she had a firstborn. She miscarried. Father Gregory did not know what to do, but Father Dan Christopoulos knew what to do. He knew that he must be there for them. He knew that he must stand for them. He knew that he must carry that burden for them. He knew that he must give love for them. He took that child like his own baby and worked with them through all the process until everything was done. The father has never forgotten that act of love. And that's what I'm telling you today. Let us do a little love. It can save somebody's life. It can go a long, long, long way. Pray for us in Africa. Come to Africa. Come and see us. Let us come and work together. And if you may not even be able to come, you can as well participate from here to save life in those ends or those parts of the world. May God bless you. May God give you strength. May God give you enough courage and continue praying for one another that when we shall come to the great day of Anastasy, we will say, Christ is risen. Christo amefufuka. God bless you. Thank you.